you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Why, good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Down East Mike. You found the Down East Mike Podcast. I hope you're having a great start to your weekend. Maybe you've already been up for a long time. Maybe you're, you know, blurrily wiping the the, the, like the sleepiness out of your eyes, but let's get going and find out what's going on in the world, get all the updates from the new and the old. That's what the Down East Mike podcast is all about. It's about the old, the new, and how things don't change too much, and we can find a little mystery under every stone and every twig in the yard. Hmm. Uh, today is Saturday, June 11th, 2022, and today's episode, we have uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln throwing stones at birds, Kissinger threatening to quit, a love fest in the park, and the sturgeon's nose. Those are some of the stories that, that are coming up on the Down East Mike podcast. We'll take a quick look at the the uh, headlines across the globe today. You got to think about these for a second. Ukraine live updates. Russia's economy proves more resilient than expected. An ugly re- inflation report upended hopes that price gains would ease. Biden warns U.S. inflation could last a while. The U.S. gasoline average price tops $5 per gallon in a historic first. U.S. Defense Chief says China is muscling neighbors, plundering resources in the Pacific. A suspect in Maryland concrete plant shooting was an employee. I don't see any other headlines that look like they're very cheerful. So that's enough of those headlines. And what we really need to do is is look at our word of the day, which is doxology. Doxology is a noun, and the definition is a usually expression of praise to God. And under the Did You Know segment, doxology passed into English from medieval Latin Doxologia, which in turn comes from the Greek term doxa, meaning opinion or glory, and the suffix logia, which refers to oral or written expression. It's logical enough, therefore, that doxology has referred to an oral expression of praise and glorification since it first appeared in English around 1645. The word ultimately derives from the Greek verb dokin, meaning to seem or to seem good. I hadn't heard of doxology, but now that I've got it firmly in my between my ears, I'll remember it forever. Here's a, an example of a sentence. For that reason, church parishes in both North and South America are encouraged to celebrate March 25th with a short service called a doxology. Again, first used in 1645, and we found out where that's from. 
And we're going to throw in the word of the day is a little article here from 1974, which we thought of note. And it's from MIT. It's about a computer that they first used to translate uh, text to speech. From Cambridge, Mass. The voice speaks without emotion or inflection. This is a computer at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology speaking. Listening to the flat, measured voice, a person might next expect it to say, I am a HAL 9000 computer built at the HAL plant in Illinois. I became operational on January 12, 1997. But this is not the talking HAL computer of the film 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the listener is not aboard the spaceship Discovery heading for Jupiter in the dawn of the new millennium. The MIT computer system, which could become the grandfather of HAL, is considered unique by its engineer developers because it can read and pronounce about any word in the English language or any string of words. So this is in 1974, they're starting to do the text-to-speech stuff. Uh, the computer applies uh, programs called morphs that remain about the same. There's about 11,000 morphs, which include prefixes, suffixes, and the Latin roots of words. And the MIT computer can understand at least 10 times that number of words. And along with the morph lexicon, Allen's teams added some 11,000 exceptional words that do not follow normal rules. So if the computer can't recognize a word from what it's got in its banks, it, the researchers have taught it more than 400 letter to sound rules so that it can sound out words phonetically if it has to. It can do words like supercalifragilistic. Very interesting, this is in 1974, uh, they were saying, uh, in the future, a library user could have information read to him over the telephone by a computer. Well, I think they've kind of accomplished that. How about our birthdays of the day today? We want to say happy birthday today to Bernice in Old Town. She works in the local pharmacy. She made canoes for many years, but got her degree and now enjoys compounding at the pharmacy much more. Good old Bernice. We knew her well. Uh, happy birthday to Barry in Newcastle, Maine. Barry's a waiter at a local restaurant. He makes friends quite easily. Our old news from 1974, the headline, Kissinger says he will resign unless controversy over a wiretap cleared up. And then I like the little pattern here. Uh, his voice breaking with emotion. Kissinger said the controversies hurting America's foreign policy. You know, he's still sounding off today. I do not believe it's possible to conduct foreign policy of the United States under these circumstances. If it's not cleared up, I'll resign. Kissinger's eyes glistening with tears, claimed that leaks to the news media defamed his honor and reputation. So even back then and right through today, he's still talking away. You know, at Food Town, and they were in Auburn, Lewiston, and Rumford, Food Town, you could buy food, they had an all-purpose nine and a half ounce mug, three for a dollar. 
but you had to spend three dollars or more to get it so i'm not sure the total discount and then you could get a new piece each week for 10 weeks for the completer pieces do you remember that you go and buy a plate and next week you buy the platter whatever was on special they spring back deals like that top round roast was a dollar 48 a pound Slice Blogna, 78 cents a pound. I don't even know what that is, right? Hood's Cottage Cheese was 59 cents a pound. Oh, what about Cott's Canned Soda? Six 12-ounce cans for 98 cents. I like those labels. And those cans were tough. You couldn't crush those against your forehead. Red Beauty Plum, 69 cents a dozen. Watermelon was 10 cents a pound, just in time for... Uh, summer picnics freezer queen veal parmesan three six and a half ounce packages for a buck that's a good time juicy sun-kissed oranges were 18 for a dollar and oh i'm a vienna sausage three five ounce tins for a buck that would get you cross-country if you were driving and you needed to have sustenance and also on this day, you could get a uh, a Subaru. It was uh, 30 miles per gallon. That's not bad. Front-wheel drive. It says, made for Maine's winding hilly roads. Trouble-free motor and by far the best frequency repair record of any comparable import. There's a lot of fakeness there. Fully independent suspension. I didn't know there was dependent suspension. Smooth. Sure-footed under all conditions, 12-month unlimited mileage, 100% warranty, 6-year, 100,000-mile drivetrain warranty. When's the last time you had your transmission built? Free oil changes as long as you own the car. Boy, they're trying to shill this hard. Includes front-wheel drive, we already know that. Unique quadrizontal engine. That just makes it harder to get in there and change the spark plug. Oh, reclining buckets, bucket seats, AM push-button radio, cigarette lighter, tinted glass all around, comfort design, safety belts, nylon carpeting, one-piece monoscopic construction, impact-absorbing bumpers, assuming you're going to run into something, and flow-through ventilation. So those were openings where the squirrels could come in and make a nest when you pack it in your yacht. 1974, good old Subaru. Probably some still on the road. Also, uh, no belly dancer was set for Nixon's visit. The Land of the Pharaohs was bringing forth Monday 100,000 cheerleaders, 30,000 bodyguards, and a gentle camel at the foot of the Sphinx to welcome the President of the United States, but there will be no belly dancer. At the order of President Anwar Sadat, 3,000 baby blanket-sized American flags fluttered up over Cairo and Alexandria in honor of President Nixon's three-day visit beginning Wednesday. This was 1974. Not since the 1967 Arab-Israeli War at a fair attended by American businessmen had the stars and stripes bedecked Cairo streets. For years, the Egyptians thumbed down America as the bulwark of arch-enemy Israel. Now we honor Mr. Nixon, not as some conquering hero, but as a man of peace, said Ali Yaman. Uh, yeah, so no Nixon over there making a, making a trip. 
Um, oh, the Bradford House. Um, you could get all you could eat French fries, coleslaw, and fried chicken for buck ninety nine. And we had a letter to the editor. The editorial cartoon of Friday, May 31st, was probably intended as a slur against high gas prices, but that is simply good economics. High gas price means that the consumer runs out of desire to pay before the dealer runs out of gas. High prices on gas will force us to choose carpooling, smaller cars, fewer or shorter trips, bicycling and walking, and these choices are made by us, not bureaucrats. Much better than allocations and long lines accompanied by cries of unfair, gas stations closed or running out of gas, or rationing with its unavoidable inequities. Hardship cases can be worked out under welfare provisions. Europeans have paid the equivalent of 50 to 70 cents a gallon for years. That's why they have small cars, diesels, motorcycles, and bicycles. Our problem is that for years we have grown spoiled on unrealistically low gas prices. That was a letter to the editor by Mr. Edward R. Hoff. And he left his desk in a huff, huh? Uh, the governor was snipping strings at a Dexter shoe event. Governor Ken Curtis, he untied the shoestring, comparable to cutting the ribbon at an open house at the Dexter shoe shop on Sunday. That was in Dexter to open up the shoe shop it was an open house. It's a new building, the largest such new facility in the state. It covers an area of 103,000 square feet, or about the size of a Walmart, and the warehouse adjoining, which had been constructed over a period from 1965 to 1971. That warehouse is much larger. Uh, former brick building, which housed the shop, is now used for storage, and it has central supply room for Milo, Skowhegan, and Dexter plants. A retail outlet was opened in May on the second floor of the older brick building. Now, they always make you walk up the stairs at those retail outlets at places like that because it wears you down climbing the stairs in the heat. And then when you get up there, you're kind of, you've lost your will, so they know you'll spend more money. Um, let's go roll it all the way back to June 11th, 1907. And there was an auction coming up on Saturday, June 15th in Green on the Switzerland Road. I've got to go there. Personal property, 10 tons of good English hay, one pair heavy workhorses, 14 nice cows, one Durham bull, one heifer, a beach wagon, a double work wagon, a pung. What's a pung? One new Kemp manure spreader, one drag, a creamery tank and cans, a plow, disc, harrow, a lot of lumber and all the tools. Sale is positive regardless of weather as there's lots of room in the barn. So you're going to go up to the barn there on June 15th with the cows and the bowl and the plow and the pung. Uh, an important announcement on this day. The Lewiston, Augusta, and Waterville Street Railway will inaugurate half-hourly service between Lewiston and Bath beginning at 10 a.m. and ending at 9 p.m. Before and after these hours, the usual hourly service will be maintained. Between Brunswick and Bath, cars run every half hour throughout the entire day. 
The equipment recently purchased for use on this line is new and modern in every respect. It consists of 10 semi-convertible cars, each being equipped with heavy steel, uh, heavy steel wheel double trucks and mounted thereon are four 40 horsepower motors. Other spe special features of these cars are air brakes, powerful headlights, separate compartments for smokers, rear end observation platforms, large window area which can readily be open or tightly closed as the weather conditions may, may demand. Hot water heaters ensure warmth and comfort during the winter. That was the rail service, local rail service. I did think it was interesting that they had separate cars for smokers in 1907. You'd think that'd be like, you know, you just take what you can get and, and go in the room filled with smoke. Local news, uh, Joseph Lazard, uh, aged Lewiston resident, remains critical. Uh, Father to Chowsoy, the superior of the Dominican monastery in Lewiston, will sail for Europe on June 24th. My life is so much richer knowing that. Um, we have, oh, Mr. and Mrs. D.H. Colby of Fry Street in Lewiston have gone to Squirrel Island where they have a cottage for the summer. A strawberry festival coming up in Auburn. We all want to go to that. Special orders have been issued for honorably discharging 2nd Lieutenant George Sewell of Lewiston by reason of his resignation. That's going to take place on June 25th. We don't want to miss that one. In Auburn, there was a fight uh, near the Oak Grove Cemetery on Tuesday afternoon. A love feast that degenerated into a fight in which one of the participants was terribly pounded caused three arrests by the Auburn Police Department on Tuesday afternoon. Three men, one an Auburn resident named Cloutier, another named Couture, and a third who was too far gone to know whether he had a name or not, went down on the banks of the Enderscoggin Tuesday forenoon. This very well could have happened this Tuesday forenoon. They found a quiet spot and took a drink. Then two of them had a friendly wrestling bout as they often do. When they got tired of wrestling, they had more refreshments, which so revived them that they were able to have another match. This went on for some time until all were in a condition where reasoning is impossible. Thereupon, one became more rough in his handling of another than the other thought necessary, and in a minute they were fighting like wild men. Cludia was the one who got the worst of it, and when the officers who had been summoned by telephone arrived, he was in bad shape, bleeding from a number of cuts, bruised and battered. All three were taken to the police station and will be brought before the court on Wednesday. Cludia's injuries are not severe, but were spectacular to say the least. Uh, when the officers brought him up covered with dirt and in streaming blood, the spectators thought him much worse injured than he was. So they had a good time. We found a little story about Abraham Lincoln we thought we would relate. Uh, the cousin of Abraham Lincoln, Dennis F. Hanks, describing him well, he was at this time not grown, only six feet two inches high. 
He was six foot four and a half inches when grown, tall, lanky, and gangling, not much appearance, not handsome, not ugly, but peculiar, and this kind of a fellow. If a man rode up horseback, Abe would be the first one out, up on the fence and asking questions, till his father would give him a knock aside the head. Then he'd go and throw at snowbirds or something, but pondering all the while. Was he active and strong? He was that. I was ten years older, but I couldn't wrestle him down. His legs was too long for me to throw him. He would fling one foot upon my shoulder and make me swing corners swift, in his arms so long and strong, my, how he would chop. His axe would flash and bite into a sugar tree or sycamore, and down it would come. If you heard him tailing trees in a clearing, you would say there were three men at work by the way trees fell, but he never was sassy or quarrelsome. I've seen him walk into a crowd of sourin roadies and tell some droll yarn and bust them all up. It was the same when he was a lawyer. All eyes, all eyes uh, when he rise were on him. There was something peculiarsome about him. Well, what did you teach him to write with? Sometimes he would write with a piece of charcoal or the pint, uh, point of a burnt stick on the fence or on the floor. We got a little paper at the country town, and I made ink out of blackberry briar root and put a little copperus in it. It was black, but the copperus would eat the paper after a while. I made Lincoln's first pen out of a turkey buzzard's feather. Them's good for pens. We had no geese in them days. After he learned to write, he was scrawling his name everywhere. Sometimes he'd write it on the white sand down by the creek bank and leave it till the fresh uh, would blot it out. Maybe leading to fresh water. Uh, Dennis, that name is written now, not in sand. High on the heroic royal and liberty's proud temple above the names of all save one. Next to the name of the immortal Washington, blazes the signature of the blameless ruler and matchless man Abraham Lincoln. That plain name is now a kinglier title than is worn on earth. Yes, that's so, and rightly so, blah, blah, blah. Uh, did you have any idea of his future greatness? No, it was a new country, and he was a raw boy. Rather, a bright and likely lad, but the big world seemed far ahead of him. We were all slow-going folks, but he had it in him, though we never suspected it. Did he take the books eagerly? No, we had to hire him first, but when he got a taste, it was the old story. We had to pull the sow's ears to get her to the trough and pull a tail to get her away. He read a great deal and had a wonderful memory. Wonderful. He never forgot anything. What church did Abe attend? The Baptist. I'll tell you a circumstance about him. He would come home from church put a box in the middle of the cabin floor and repeat the sermon from text to doxology. I've heard him do it often. That was a great story about Abraham Lincoln. Well, we've got a new feature on Down East Mike today. It is Maine's Fantastic Fish. I don't think we've done a fish before. And our fish today is the sturgeon. Great big sturgeon. Here's a little story about it. I never really knew much about the magnificent fish, the sturgeon, but from the Bar Harbor Times, 1971, there's a story about a sturgeon. It was, it was a once common uh, in the main waters, but it's been widely declined up to this point here. 
Uh, the sturgeon caught in Mount Desert Island waters recently caused quite a stir. In Oliver Keene, the Times weatherman is to be complimented on adding a bit of this fish's history to the news story last week. It was found in these waters for, at this time of year, the fish seeks a freshwater river or a tributary stream in which to spawn, also known as the sea sturgeon or sharp-nosed sturgeon in the Hudson River. Uh, it lives in salt water but breeds in fresh water, limited in distribution uh, to the Atlantic coast as far south as South Carolina. Due to heavy exploitation and other factors such as dam building, the sturgeon is a rare fish. They seldom weigh more than 200 pounds and usually only 90. It's a bottom feeder. It sucks mud from the ocean bottom and often the stomach contents show a mixture of plant and animal debris as well as mud. In eastern markets, the fish is often sold under the name of Alabama uh, Bami beef. Sorry, Albany beef. We'll get that right. Uh, from 1909, relative to the sturgeon, from Bath, Maine, tens of thousands of dollars have been thrown to waste by the sturgeon fishermen of the Kennebec Valley in the older years when those big fish abounded in the river. This was lost through ignorance of the value of the spawn. The just gone summer, this just gone summer, the spawn of the sturgeon prepared for caviar by the Kennebec fishermen brought in the New York market $1.50 a pound. In the last score of years, the price of spawn has run from 30 cents to $1.50 a pound, while the flesh of the sturgeon, rarely eaten in Maine, but considered a delicacy by New York epicures, brings readily at wholesale 18 cents a pound. Uh, season of 1909, under the present state law from May 1st to June 15th, not more than six roast sturgeon were captured in the Kennebec and the bucks were small. Yet thanks to the present law, the sturgeon were more numerous than for a dozen previous years and sturgeon fishermen say that if the law be left as it is, the Kennebec will be alive with jumping sturgeon as in the olden times 30 years ago. Uh, something like 30 years ago, the sturgeon were plenty. When they were plenty, uh, several Dutchmen who understood the art of catching sturgeon and dressing the spawn for market, they established on Sturgeon Island in the Kennebec just above Bath a sturgeon factory. There they prepared the spawn and sent out all the dressed fish they could catch or purchase to New York. They cleaned out the river of sturgeon so that for the last 20 years, the sight of a sturgeon jumping in Long Reach has been a novelty. But the Dutchmen all grew rich, and when there were no more sturgeon, then they also disappeared. In the old days, the Kennebec fishermen rarely began drifting for sturgeon until July, continuing until August 1st. And I've seen them jump down there. They come out of the water, six or seven feet long, and they go way up in the air. It's it's impressive. You and the river so shallow in places, you say, well, where's that fish living? Uh, the outfit necessary to go sturgeon drifting includes a shad boat and two gangs of sturgeon nets, which gill the big fish. Those nets cost the fishermen $60 for the two gangs. It is all night drifting as for shad. The biggest sturgeon known to have been captured in the Kennebec weighed, when dressed, 
215 pounds. As they took him from the net, he weighed in the neighborhood of 400 pounds. That poor fish, he must have been about 150 years old. Uh, each of the bucks caught last summer measured longer than five feet. But in Russian waters, they grow to 700, 750 pounds. Uh, similarly, big sturgeon make less trouble when pulled into the fishing boat than the small bucks. The big ones seem to be dopey after landing in the boat. I guess that's probably about enough about the sturgeon. You can read more about them. If you go down to Hollowell and you sit in those colored chairs uh, starting in the summer, you, you can get a good uh, good look at them jumping out of the water. Bring your camera. Better, better act flash. Better be a quick flash on that one. Um... Where's our sturgeon nose? Oh yeah, bathmen of the present recollect that in their boyhood, boyhood of an afternoon, they sat for hours on a wharf watching sturgeon jump. Sturgeon meat was not considered fit to eat and was always shipped to New York, but the boys prized highly sturgeon, they prized highly sturgeon noses, which have greater resiliency than rubber. These noses, they wound around with yarn and covered with leather and use them for baseballs. That is probably about enough of the uh, of the sturgeon story. And that's actually the end of the Downey's Mike podcast for today. We'll take a quick look at the weather for Saturday, June 11th, 2022. It's uh, sunny, then scattered showers. They snuck in the showers on us because it was supposed to be sun sunny all day. Uh, for tomorrow, Sunday, 40% chance of showers after 2 p.m., otherwise mostly sunny with a high near 78. That's not so bad. Uh, showers on Monday, and then looking out on Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 75. It's kind of a mixed bag forecast. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I do hope that uh, you have a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness, until next time, this is Downey's Mike saying, we'll see ya. Well, I've got a lazy river on a hot summer day. Some ice in the cooler And I'm heading for the open day I hope that I can make this last all summer long I've got the wind behind me It's starting to feel the same Summer's full of love I just wanna make it last. So sail on by the mill and out in. Not unless goes away. 
All summer long. 